powerful scene. And when you look at it, I'm going to explain as to what she really meant. And those of you are going to understand what God is going to speak today. I'm going to open up in quick prayer and say, Lord God, I just ask that you empty us of ourselves because we have authority. We have been set free. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove to you that we have been freed, that we have been in some type of bondage. God can't use us in that state. But Father God, I ask for the Holy Spirit to empty us of ourselves, but also I bind the Spirit that has put us in a state of bondage and that we have been delivered. You see, earlier when I came in, I sensed demons here. Jesus! Well, guess what? They just went out the door. That's the power and authority we have. And you have to believe that because it's more than just being a Christian. But before I get into our journey, I want to recap very quickly of our last four speakers. Because it's very interesting because this actually is a continuation. Because see, God has a plan. There's a purpose in what we must do. There's a mandate. The time is over, people. You know, they say, the scriptures say that Jesus intercedes at the right hand of the Father. I have this grave feeling that he has left that side and he's standing at the gate, waiting for his father to say, come, get, go get my church. He's ready. But the question is, are we ready? Are we ready? We call ourselves Christians. This is a message that is not going to be pretty, echoing the, um, the statement that Pastor Gwen said. But it is a, a grave message, but a message of enlightenment hope. And this is a message not just for the atheist, not for the unbeliever, but for the believer. This is for us. If you are saved in the Lord and you took an oath because we call it the sinner's prayer, we call it the, the prayer of salvation, I call it an oath. We pledged our lives to live a godly life through Jesus and we are going to be held at that promise. God, help us when we draw our last breath. Because as the scripture says, you know, I did this in your name, and then the Lord, the words I would never want to hear from the Lord is, I never knew you, you wicked and lazy servant. So let me start by the recap. So Minister Belinda started with her theme, and her theme was a way out of no way. And she said, we say no way, and God says, yes way. The example she used was Gideon, and we know that Gideon, and, and what I love about some of the heroes of the Bible, because it also talks about us, because we're all heroes here. We're all warriors in the making. And Gideon, we all know that Gideon, like David, had a different, well, David had a different picture, because he knew who he was. He knew who he was, but Gideon didn't. He saw himself, me, I'm not big enough, I couldn't do it. But see, God has a different look upon us. You see, the world may say something different to you that you don't mesh up with the world, but God says you can, that you're able. So Gideon became a mighty warrior. 
mighty man of valor, as God put it. So she continues, we cannot do this in our own strength alone, but with God's strength, we can do anything and everything. Philippians, I can do all things in God, in Christ, who strengthens me. And, you know, we could quote scripture. A parrot could quote anything. The devil is the expert of quoting scripture. But do you believe the words that are coming out of your mouth? When you think about it, when you proclaim, because we know that when God spoke everything into existence, there was a power in that. Life came forth. Everything that we see here is a, manner, it's a physical manifestation of the spiritual realm, the fourth dimension. Now we go into Pastor Gwen. So she became the second speaker. So Pastor Gwen's title was The Seven Sins That Keep You Earthbound. So we know that sin keeps us earthbound. In other words, it prevents us from doing the things that God has called us to do. We know that God cannot be in the face of sin. So, she stated that she was led by the Lord to look into the book of Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel is, is it's a crazy book. When I say crazy book, it's like it just blows your mind when you hear it. Uh, it talks about, you know, the prophecy. I mean, you really have to read this book. It's, 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 it's insane in a good way. It really tells you a lot what's going to happen in the future. And it speaks of a time like this. So... She, she wrote, so these are the seven sins, even though the, there was a lot of things that she added, but this is what I got. So the first one was pride, the second one was greed, the third one was covet, the fourth one is appetite, lust of the flesh, and the fifth is rebellion. I mean, oh, it's rebel. I've done it. We've all done rebel. Come on, parents, everything. We rebel against society. It's about me, 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 not about anybody else. Bitterness. How many of us? Bitterness. And condemnation. The things that bind us, when you look at that. So that was Pastor Gwen. And Pastor Gwen, you know, she's no joke. She is on fire. Now we go to her husband, Pastor Victor. Now, Pastor Victor's title was the prayer mandate. We know that prayer is, you can't do nothing with prayer. Without prayer. Without prayer, you can't do nothing without prayer. Now, this is what Pastor Victor said. It is one of the, prayer is one of the most important themes in scripture, and it is one of the most powerful tools each of us has. So we have power and authority, that we could come to the Father in, in that manner. Think about it. The church, and then he says, the, church, the church's real strength is known, not by what you see during a Sunday service, but what you see during a prayer service during a week. Think about it. That's powerful. In the Greek language, prayer means communicate, because that's what it is. Prayer is about you with a personal relationship with God through Christ Jesus, with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that was within you. It's not about speaking in an eloquent tongue. Because there are a lot of people that I see, and, oh, he prays good, wow, he does, thou saith the Lord. I mean, it's, you know, it, believe me, listen. Do not let the enemy whisper in your ear that, look at you, you can't even speak, you have a stuttering problem, you're ethnic, whatever the case may be. It's about you coming as you are before the Lord and speaking like you're speaking to me. When I speak to the Lord, I don't get into no fancy eloquency and, and, and worry about, well, how should I sound? No, he wants you to come as you are. 
When you speak, when you speak to your father, when you come before your father, right? Or your mother, but maybe your father, right? Because you know we have our heavenly father and we have a biological. When you come to any of your parents, man, you, you don't put an act, you come as you are. And that's what Christ wants us to do. To come as we are. Okay. So the spoken word of God will not come back void. So whatever we pray will not come back void. But of course, sometimes God's, well, God will not answer prayer. There's a reason. There's a reason. Because some of the things we ask are not good for us. Had he allowed these things to happen, it could derail our walk with the Lord. Now, pray the word of God over yourself. Pray. Pray over yourself. When I got a problem in my body, I pray. I say, Lord, I said, I command this to be healed in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Christ. It works. It's not hocus pocus. It's not magic. Because you're standing by what? The word of God. We have the same authority that Christ gave to the apostles. The apostles, right? Well, they were disciples at the time. But they gave them the, the, you know, the authority to, to heal the sick, raise the dead. Make the blind see, the lame walk, the mute, you know, speak and sing. They had that. Prayer, well, basically we have authority. You have to remember that. That's the key word, authority. Uh, prayer in its simple format is a man exercise, man or woman, when we say man, we make all of us, exercising his legal authority that God gave him. You're exercising your authority, just like when I... Um, Take my badge and I say, hey, stop, stop. They see this, authority. Without this, forget it. You have authority. The kind of authority that makes the devil shake and the demons quake. God, Jesus. It is communication between God's creation us and God himself, remember the word that comes from our mouths may bring either life or death. It's like firing a bullet. Once it leaves the barrel, you can't call it back. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, it hit your son, just have another one nine months later. No. As Christian believers, we have two words. And this is the reason why we don't really walk in our walk because we don't want to be accountable and responsible. We don't want to change our lifestyle because sin feels good. Because it doesn't require responsibility. It requires recklessness. Then we go into Elder Jose. Now, Elder Jose, basically, I don't know what the title was. I know he talked about um, um, information. But if I had to give Elder Jose a title, this is my title. Relying on the right, correct, and true information for a godly spiritual lifestyle. That's the title I would give for him. And he talked about proper information leads to revelation and activation. We were created for a purpose. God gives us a, his word. And we internalize it. We write it on the tablets of our heart. In order for that word to work, we have to activate it. It needs a human to activate it. So let's get to the video. So the video basically, well, actually, 
what is the title of my teaching? You can call it a sermon, you can call it a preacher, you can call it whatever you like. I'm a teacher by trade. The title of my teaching is Spiritual Incarceration and Imprisonment. How many of you, you don't raise your hands, you don't have to. That's you between you and God. How many of you are in bondage? How many of you are saying, well, I've been a Christian, I've been asking God for this and this. I go to church every day and I'm still the same. I'm still the same. We come here every time and we're still the same. And if we're really, really free indeed as we are, as the Bible says we are, we should be moving mountains. We should be really, I mean, the minute we walk out the door, man, people are just dropping, you know, oh, Lord, save me. We got a church down here, we got a church here, we got a church here. How come we're not moving the community? Are we building our own Tower of Babels? It's about a me church. Ladies and gentlemen, God is not playing games. He's not a game player. He's at the door, he's ready to go. I'm going for my church. Ready or not, if we're not ready, whether you believe or not believe, whatever the case... He's coming, whether the church is ready or not. His mandate will be done. His word will be done. It's going to happen. And I don't want to be those people, one of those people that are going to be left behind. And say, why? So I'm going to read you the transcript of this, um, this video. So Mark is saying, you prayed. And believe your whole life, never done anything wrong. And here you are. You're the nicest person I know. I'm the meanest. You have dementia. My life is perfect. Explain that to me. And mom says, sometimes the devil allows people to live in a life free of trouble because he doesn't want them to turn to God. Their sin is like a jail cell, except it's nice and comfy. And there's not, there doesn't seem any, to be any reason to what? Leave. The door is wide open to one day. Time has run out. And that, there, that, that cell door slams shut and suddenly it's too late. How many of us are in that jail cell. And I'm not talking kind of the kind of jail cell where, you know, we, we put the cuffs up, the popo comes over here, gives you the Miranda and everything else, and you're locked up. And some people spend a little, maybe, uh, what is it, uh, a night over because you did something on a Friday, and we got to meet the judge on a Monday, and, and it's hunky-dory, you're out there, slap, and uh, everything is done. And, and then sometimes, um, you're, 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 uh, what, what is it, uh, uh, you're going to be doing like maybe a year, let me tell you something. I never, yeah, I've never been in jail, but a year in jail, that's like an eternity. An eternity, a year in jail. And, and, and then you have these, these rich folks that, that they think that they're above everything else, and all of a sudden, uh, oh, yeah, they, they, get the, they go to jail, and they go, oh, man, I want a comfy room. I want this and that. But sin is, 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 is an example of imprisonment. But we're not bound by sin, get it? Are we bound by sin? 
Nope. It's there. Now, here's the question. What is the meaning of spiritual incarceration? But let's look at the, the, the root words. Incarceration, imprisonment. Incarceration means the state of being confined in prison. Imprisonment. The Merriam-Webster meaning of incarcerate, to bring it down, right? Chop it down to the exact word, is to put in prison to subject to confinement. Imprisonment means the state of being in prison, captivity. I don't feel captive. Are we? Some of us, we feel captive. We can't move. The circumstances in our lives have kept us locked up in a manner in which we can't be any use of God. Because God really wants to work through us. He wants a man and a woman to stand in the gap. And it's not about being a minister because let me tell you something. The leadership here, it, it, let me tell you something, it, it, sometimes it's not fun being a minister because we're held at a high accord. We are the ones that are attacked the most. Why? Because we're the, we have a responsibility and a mandate to make sure that the sheep are fed, that they're led right. Of course, we have our shepherd, which is Jesus Christ, and our under-shepherd, the pastor, and as we say the, in, in, in our vernacular, the pecking order. We all have a job to do. And we take this job seriously. We do. Because we're going to be, especially teachers, are going to be held accountable. Because once you say, I do to Christ, and the scriptures say that we are all ministers of reconciliation. So you don't need a title. You don't need a title. And stop looking at your circumstances and stop listening to the report because it is the report of the Lord that will set you free. And you have to look at, um, you know, you are qualified. You are worthy. You have to look at yourself and really truly believe that in your heart. Forget about what the world, what the world is saying. The world is a very nasty place. But I love the world. You know why? Because God set the stage for us to do his work. Amen. It's a wonderful stage. It's like a crazy opera. You know? There's tragedy and then there's a lot of great things that happen there. Heroes, heroines, and all kinds of stuff. But we have become a prisoner confined in a false freedom that we so proudly declare ourselves through sin. Remember what I said, sin feels comfortable. You ever ask your friends why they don't want to accept the Lord because you think we're a bunch of religious fanatics, Jesus freaks. No, I am a Jesus freak, and I am proud to say it. And I'm a real man. Not what my body says, not what I do, my profession. I've been a soldier, been a, been a cop, been a lot of different things. I, a real man, and I'm talking to the men, is a man that serves God. That's a real man because God made man in who? His image and likeness. And that includes the women. We were all made in his image and likeness, so we are his children. How can you dispute daddy? See, maybe our fathers, our earthly fathers, they're not perfect, you know. Maybe, you know, they, they made letters of strain. And some of us, you have to understand that they're human beings. But we are also bound by the word because it's not too late. We have been delivered. So, 
Here is a great scripture that really hit me hard, like a ton of bricks. And it's in, you can go into your Bible. There's different translations. But I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. And it says, but the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. The scriptures. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Remember that song, Alive? I don't know about you, I've never been so alive in my life. I'm very alive. To be free. But the fact is, do we believe that what Jesus did on the cross has set us free? Do we really believe that? Or is this just a... We're going through the motions. This is a, a traditional thing. You know, like, okay, yeah, it is what it is. We, we really don't know if the scriptures are true. And they were, they were written down by men, about approximately 40, and there were women there, you know, 40 authors and 66 books, if you count them. But, but this is the excuse I get. Well, men wrote it. Yes, they did. They wrote it under the inspiration of whom? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says, write, and we write it down. Now let's get into the meat and potatoes. We haven't even gotten there. So now, some of us are in a spiritual imprisonment. Some of us. That's okay. But the Word of God says something different. And you have to proclaim that. So I'm going to give you, if you write them down, six signs of, pris- of spiritual imprisonment. Number one, not forgiving the past. The lack of forgiveness is one of the biggest imprisonments in spiritual growth. Our memories store everything. Like, like, like what Elder Jose was talking about, the information. We store a lot of information up there. Just because you're, you're, you, know, you got the smarts and all these, um, you know... Degrees and you know, and that's all great. I'm because uh, you know, I'm, I'm a stickler of education. I love education, I love higher education. It's great, we need that. But if we don't use what we did, you know, it's like I always tell people if you're gonna go to college, go to, to a college, get a degree that you're going to use in life that's gonna bless people. Use something that's a lot of money to spend, but it's well spent money if you use that college degree to better somebody else's life. You move through the days without knowing that what is um, composing or being kept in a cellular memory. So we have a lot in our neurons, in our brains. As other Ross was talking about, you know, we have our brain, our computers and everything like that. But that has to be molded in such a way. That's why with children, children, you have to be careful what you speak in their lives. Their brains are, I mean, the neurons are f- firing like you wouldn't believe. A lot faster than us now. We kind of slow things down. And when I mean slow down, it's not because we're getting old. It's because we have settled. We have put these roadblocks where I'm not going. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to learn anything because I'm an expert, right? When you least ex- expect, it is you. It you. You step. Well, it says here, when you least expect, expect it, you step down that thorn of the past and the pain. So, we are bound by our past. Now we're going to remember the hurts. Get it right? But you've been set free. Remember the valley of the shadow of death? 
can a shadow hurt you? No, it's a shadow. I have a shadow. I don't bump into it. It's not like Peter Pan. I'm chasing my, my shadow. You, you saw that, right? You know, even though it's fantasy. But think about it. Are we bound by that? Forgiveness is never for the other person. It is for you to move past the bars of solitary confinement, open the gate of your prison cell by forgiving your part in that story and letting go of whatever the other person did to you. It's about you. If the person doesn't want to forgive me, that's okay. I forgive you. Because I don't want to be latched on a ball and chain. Because God cannot use you. I spoke on that many times. There was a preaching about forgiveness. But you see, what I love about God is when he repeats himself. He's bringing a point. When God repeats himself, and we, we could talk about forgiveness and all these other things we talk about. If you notice that a lot of the things that, that the speakers have spoke, we have heard it in a different way. But if God is repeating himself, he's, he's, he's telling us, listen, my sons and daughters. Listen. Because we have selective hearing. Listen. Now, Steve Maraboli, he's a, he's a motivational speaker, and, and, and this is his little quote, and it's very interesting. He said, the truth is, unless you let go, unless you forgive yourself, unless you forgive the situation, unless you re- realize that the situation is over, you cannot move forward. I don't care how many times we come to Sunday's church and we get our fill and everything else. Because when I come to Sunday church, I, 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 I say, Lord, give me something. Not just for me, but something that I can pass to someone else that needs it. I call it refresher training. We all need refresher training. Because if we don't, we get stagnated. We get rusty. Thank God for this book. Man, if it wasn't for this book, if it wasn't written down, we, we, we're a total lost. When you think about it. Number two, remaining in depression for years without help. We have a lot of clinicians here. My wife, uh, she's, in, uh, you know, she's a psychiatric nurse. We have a lot of people, especially people in, in, in the industry. And this is, this is a real thing. A lot of it is chemical. A lot of you know, things going to bring. But, but, but there is a spiritual type of depression. Depression is a form of spiritual imprisonment. We have faith. We do have faith. We ask God's guidance, but we choose not to act on our resources. There's so many resources here. This house is chock full of resources. Chock full. I mean, it's overflowing. Resources. We got it. Spirituality forces us to take a look at the shadow side of ourselves. The dark night of the soul is a system of, a high, of higher conscious evolution. During this period, there is a total eclipse of sadness and confusion. The world has, as it was is no longer. Three. Number three is not living through your authentic nature. What is our authentic nature? To be like Christ. To be like Christ. We are not of this world. We are part of it, you know, walking, spiritual. We are spiritual beings in a trapped body, you know, and we're walking until we're separated, and then we're with the Lord. 
We are constantly trying to experience love with others, waiting for another to value us, but it starts with self. If you see your worth, no one else will see it either. And spirituality is often difficult to distinguish and um, distinguish how and what we feel. What is right? We live behind the prison bars of self-doubt because who we are as spiritual beings doesn't align with what society expects of us. So there's, 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 there's a struggle here. We're struggling with what God says about us, which is the truth, the way and the life. And we're struggling with what the world expects us to be molded into its image. If you truly are believers, it's a no-brainer. I don't care what the world says about me. I really don't care. And we have to be bold about it. It's not about being vindictive. We have to do it in a loving way. We have to. To exhibit the love of God through our Lord Jesus Christ and the mentoring of the spirit that lies within our tabernacle, our spirit realm. Number four, being stuck in an unhealthy relationship. Wow, that's a big one. Relationship is key because God desired relationship. Even though he had... You know, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but he wanted a different kind of relationship with his creative being, created in his image. Where the Bible says, let us create man. Let us, who is us? The stars, the meteors, the, the planets, whatever. Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Us, the triune. Let us create man in our spirit and likeness, all right, image and likeness. And you're not talking about the body. The body is just a show. You're talking about the spirit man, the real you that lives on forever and ever. Our, spirit, our spiritual nature, our na- our nature requires a passion for life. We are not meant to suffer in an eternal hell through another. Hell is for the Satan and the angels. It was never designed for us. But I guarantee you, there are going to be people down there. And here's one crazier than that. There are going to be people that call themselves Christians. That's another sermon. Can we unchristian ourselves? Can we be unsaved? That's a very powerful sermon in the future to, to even go into that area. We learn from, from these experiences, but we don't, we don't surpass and move on. It all becomes spiritual stagnation. This is why the church, and I'm not saying we're not moving, but this is why we're moving, but sometimes, you know, you know, we ask ourselves, are we moving is the speed that we should be going to. God has patience with us. He really does. But it's running out. He's running out because he's got a mandate. He's got a mandate. It can be difficult to end a relationship. We know that a relationship because they, I don't know about you, but you know when you've been in a relationship, it could be a love relationship, whatever the case may be, or a friendship relationship, um, and you've been in it for many years. That tearing away, it's violent. Divorce, whatever it is, friendships, even good friends, your best friend, all that, it it, it tears, these holes in the heart, scars. Sometimes they don't heal because. We're comfortable with the pain. It's become stagnation. Some of us, we like that. 
We like to feel that way. Because we feel that we are, that if we are in pain, that we are alive. That's not healthy. Spiritually, that is not healthy. Even when divine guidance, not, I'm going to read it again. It can be difficult to end a relationship even when divine guidance, the Lord, Spirit of the Lord, nudges us to move on. My daughter, my son, it's finished. I died for you. It's finished. Move on. Move on in your purpose. Move on. Don't let the past. The past is the past. Move on to your purpose because I can't work with you. I can't partner you with you. I need you on point. God does not operate on the past, even though he is in the past, present, and future. But we're talking about sin. Sin is something different. But to say, but to stay, and I'm talking about staying in this bondage, this imprisonment, is an act of self-sabotage. Spiritually and emotionally, it becomes a cancer that slowly eats inside of us. We're talking about a spiritual cancer. We're not talking about the, the physical part. The spiritual is the worst one. We're talking about eternal damnation. I mean, listen, we were meant to live eternally with the Lord. We were meant for that. And as humble as God is, he's, you know, this free will. God is not a puppet master where he, God can force you to love him. But he wants you to love him unconditionally the way he loves us, without strings, the agape love, which is the hardest form. Only God can do that. But we can because nothing is impossible. We can, with the help of God. We can do this. Number, number five, obsession with television, porn, and social media. This is a big one. We're all guilty of it. Yeah. Oh, minus the porn and all that. But, well, I've been there with this porn stuff. But Pastor Gwen even spoke about it, how the media has a way to infiltrate their viewpoint and mindset in our own minds. It becomes a dangerous distraction where now we don't start listening to the report of the Lord upon us and we block the Spirit from doing His job within us. I don't know about you, even Pastor Victor said, I don't even listen to the news, it's bad. I mean, sometimes I listen to the news to see what's happening, because what's happening around the world is affecting us. And he mentioned that, this craziness in North Korea and all over the place, and ISIS and all that kind of nonsense out there. It's affecting us. Spirituality requires quiet time to reflect and meditate. The temptations of overexposing the soul, the soul to addictions with computer, televisions, and technology are constant. You see, technology is not a bad thing. When it takes the place of the Word of God over us, then it becomes a problem. It becomes another God. It becomes an addiction. It is difficult to find common ground to disconnect and breathe. Just like the woman in the, um, the, the uh, war room. You know, I got to get into my prayer closet. And I'm not saying going into a closet. I mean, whatever your, 
your prayer closet is. It could be anything. It could be your car. It could be anywhere. It could be going to the mountains. It could be anywhere. It is your personal time with God. Remember what Pastor Victor said, the prayer mandate. Prayer works. Everything should be done in moderation. Of course, that we know that. We live in a 3D world, but spiritually, it is not 3D. It requires us to move past the chit-chat, and it is bad enough we are addicted to our thoughts. We worry about too much about what they say about us. Now, no, those of you who are on Facebook account, you know I'm on Facebook, and Facebook yeah, it could be a real, real nasty place to be. But Facebook, I have treated it as a social media vehicle to preach the Word of God. And if you see me, I throw that stuff out there. You know why I do it? I don't do it because, you know, I, I, you know oh, yeah, I'm a minister. Oh, right. No, no. I do it because I know this, it, that word is going to deliver someone. That word is going, someone's going to hold on to that word. And there are people out there right now that are saying, there is no God, and I'm going to die, and I'm going to cut my throat, put a bullet in my head. And now this word that I put out there, because I don't know who I saved out there, but the fact is that the word will not come back void. Now, I'm not saying to do what I do, but, you know, we are all called to, you know, minister the lost. Whatever your vehicle is, ask God. Even if you're not on the pulpit, you're not a minister, God has a, 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 another platform for you. Evangelism. A lot of things. But remember we say, seek and you shall what? Fine. Ask and you shall receive. And if you're knocking on a door, doors open. And when you when God, when you knock on a door that God put in your path, it's not just going through a door, it's gonna be a door to many doors. And basically, you are the door. The last one, six, not following your passion and using your gifts. There is, remember what I said, there's tons of gifts in the house. See, God is not stingy in the gift department. When God created us, he put inside Adam everything. We have multiple gifts. See, a lot of you are probably saying, you know, you ever, you ever sit down and say, you know, I would love to be a singer. I would love to do something. Whatever it is, your passion, your thought. Now, if you're thinking this right now and you're thinking, you thought in the past, this is God telling you, I gave you, I've given you this gift. Why don't you tap into it? But you know what we're saying? This is the enemy. Throws it in, you know. Be careful of the voices you hear. Be careful of the voice. Because, see, the word of God will not leave you astray. And listen to the word. Because if the word is telling you something that is really, you know, you know, that's not God. Because the devil doesn't do that. You know, he, he's, he's, he's good at it. He's good at it. But he's not that good. Because he's not going to give you a nice, happy, and sappy story. God is going to give you a nice story that lifts you up. He will never put you down. He will never, you know, he will never be, uh, use any condemnation. He will never, like, put you on, throw you under the train, you know. But then we listen to the world, and the world tells us, you're not good enough. You ain't a singer. Look at you. you you're out of tone and all that. Listen, you want to be a singer? Go to voice training. It's an instrument. I don't, consider somebody, uh, I don't consider myself a singer up there. I'm just holding this for someone else that could do it. But I learned to carry a tune. You know? So if I can do it, anybody can do it. Ask God to help you with your gift. 
Seriously. Because let me tell you something. You're never going to find out if you try. And if you don't try, you're going to be missing out on something great. It's, it's a tragedy and it's almost criminal to not act on that gift. God does not give you a gift to squander and, and, to, and to waste. He doesn't do that. So, a mundane life full of stress without play is a kiss of death to the spiritual person. We are meant to live a, a, our life's purpose. God has given us a great purpose and we have to outlive it. I told my wife, listen, I, this, this is what I ask God. I said, God, you know, I'm not afraid to die. I'm seriously, if I had to die tonight, I know where I'm going to be. But I don't want to die because I know Liz says, I don't want to die too. I don't want to die. Yeah, you ready? See, Liz, Liz, I love Liz. I love my wife. Let me tell you something. She, she, she makes me, she makes me, um, she inspires me to be a better man of God, my wife. Kudos. But when you think about our gifts, Spiritual growth requires that we look at our passion and gifts. We must follow them and have them work for us. If you love writing, do something about it. If you love playing an instrument, find a time and a place to share with others. When we align with joy and our innate abilities, abundance flows. We are meant to live out our dreams and desires. You have the, the answers to all your spiritual questions. This is it. You carry with you the spiritual knowledge to change, feed, and enhance your life through divine guidance. You are all there is. You have to take a hard look at what is working and not working. Am I out of time? Wow. Now I've got to go to the table. One. We've got to do this in a conference. I'm going to give you an example of what spiritual confinement looks like. Demonstrating in cuffs. These are handcuffs. And I'll end here. And these are real. I don't know about you, and I'm not going to ask any hands if any of you have been arrested and all that, because let me tell you, I, don't really, I really don't care if you got arrested. You know why? You're free. You're a D. You, 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 you. Been renewed. I believe in rehabilitation. Amen. The prison systems. You know what I'm saying, my sweetie? Um, because we have, we have a correction officer, a captain over there, and, um, you know, and God is moving mightily in that prison. Rikers. Rikers is exploding. They're going crazy because the word of God. The demons are just like, get me out of here. To have these put on you. It's a serious matter. But when you look at these, we call them temporary restraints. They have to come off. 
And when they come off, then comes the real deal. Depends on what you've done. Uh, you might go to Rikers, and you might have a, a layover or maybe a couple of weeks and all that, which is nothing. You go out, boom, boom. Uh, you get sent upstate, and you're done, or it's 25 to life. These two come off. These are level of incarceration. One. You can move around. Here's another one. And he's the most severe. See, some of you. Some of you are in prison. And God, and the Lord said... Didn't I do enough? Wasn't my death on the cross enough? I said it was finished. And you're still going on as though I am still up on the cross. You are putting me up there again. I did one time for you. I did something that you deserve more than else. But I love you and I give you my grace. I give you my mercy. I don't want you to perish. I didn't come in this earth so you can perish. So that you will be set free. And some of us are walking with this. We're walking like this because I can't do anything for God because I'm this. Because we put ourselves there. We put ourselves there. And God is saying, I set you free because when you look at these cups, this was on us when Adam and Eve blew it. We were like this. In other words, we were destined to die in hell. So Jesus had to become the last Adam. And he had to die on the cross so that he could unlock us. Because when you put these on, there's no, there's no crazy, there's a key to get out of it. Only Jesus was able to get us out of these. But then when he got us off of these, we put these on. And if you notice, they're red. They're red because of the blood that he spilled on the cross. You see, you have a choice to remain spiritually incarcerated in prison or to move on because if you're not moving on in church or the, or the word of God where don't blame it on the pastor don't blame it is a personal relationship because the pastor myself I don't care even the Pope even Billy Graham all these other people T.D. Jakes cannot save you there's only one person that saves and that is Christ and Christ is saying you've been free get yourself out of these cuffs I'm done. I'm done. When are you going to trust in the blood of the Lamb upon you? This red shirt, it's a nice red shirt. I am covered by the blood of the Lamb. You are covered by the blood of Christ. You are warriors. You have authority. 
The devil has no reign. He is a fallen angel. He made a choice. And now he has to live with it for eternity. His time is done. That's why he's going out there and this world is a mess. And if we Christians do not wake up, as Elder Ross says, the information, we have the information. We're full of it. We're full of it. We don't trust in this. God help us. We're going to be judged in a manner that you don't want to be judged like. God is saying that he loves you. You are my children. I made you on purpose for a purpose beyond your wildest imagination. If you only knew how God sees you, you would not believe it. You would not believe it. He sees us in, a, in, in higher places. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I would not fear no evil because sin cannot touch you. Jesus is saying, you've been pardoned. I forgive you. Start forgiving yourself. Sin no more. Do not let the sin, and listen, we're all going to go sin because basically sin is missing the mark. It's basically anything that God cannot condone. That's a sin. I don't care how you dress it, sin is sin. God takes murder and stealing a pencil, the same thing. Because his ways are higher than our ways. So I'm going to close with this because we, we, we could really do this elongated. But um, I think I said enough. So I'm going to pray for you guys. I pray that the spirit of uh, spiritual confinement will be lifted upon each and every one of you. That you know deep in your heart that Jesus has freed you. You are free people. We talk about freedom in this country because you have no idea what's happening on the other world. We see the, let me tell you, I see stuff on, on TV. I said, thank God I am here. But there is going to come a time where Christians, believers, are going to fall away from the faith. They're going to take the mark. And I'm talking about hardcore Christians. Yeah, God, praise the Lord and everything like that. And all of a sudden, when things get rough, I'm going to take that mark. So if there's any way, I know, I know the Bible says we seal ourselves and you can't be undone because of all that. But I believe that there might be a way that a Christian can be undone. Salvation can be overturned. Because there's going to be someone out there that's going to pass for Christ and he is not the Christ. And we're going to take his mark. We're not going to take his mark. We're not. We are sealed by the blood of the Lamb. You are marked for greatness. You are his, and there's nothing that can separate you from the love of the Lord. Nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of the Lord. Nothing. I love you, everyone. I love you. I love you. I don't want to see none of you perish. I don't want to see that because it would hurt me to see someone die and not have an opportunity to know Christ. Like Pastor Gwen said, tomorrow is not promised to no one. Only God knows the future. So we have to live today as though it will be our last. People, 
You're qualified to teach. You don't need a title. You don't need to be up here. Go out there. Start with your testimony. Because people are looking for the existence of God. And it, they're going to see the existence of God in its creation. We are the living embodiment of the proof that God exists. Because the Christ lives in us, Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is within us. When Jesus, and Jesus is saying, I'm going over, and Jesus is saying, you know, you're going to do greater things. Not that we're going to be greater than Christ. Is that Christ only could, he, was, he did it in three years. That's a short time. To do what he wanted to do three years. That's a short time. We're going to do it longer than Christ. That's what Christ said. We're going to do greater things. In other words, we're going to have a better opportunity to reach people, more people than what the disciples did. We have the technology. We have satellite. We have live stream. We have everything that we need to reach the entire world. But yet we want to sit here and get our high, our spiritual high. We don't need that. God knows what we can do. Let's not fail him. Because he's a loving father, believe me. And he's given me more than I can even imagine. Without him, I'm nothing. I don't care what I do in the rest of my life, but I need him in my life. I need him. It's like oxygen, you know. Without it, you're dead. So, Heavenly Father, I just seal this message in their hearts. That they will understand who they are. And not lean on the world's view of them. Because you have called them your children. And they will do greater things in your name. In Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you. So they do come loose, but um, this idea came from the Lord. It's interesting how God uses some of the things that we know. Of course, these, you need a key. You, you could use a key, but these, they're not going to break like that. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.